2: Blob Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to Sylvia Global Radio, and we are so excited because this Today is a very special day, Um, September the 11th, 2012, and I have the distinct honor and pleasure of bringing to you Sylvia Global's very own Wealth Psychologist, Dr. Jamie Traeger-Muni and Emily Bouchard, and this is their broadcast, Wealth Psychology on Sylvia Global. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good
1: morning.
0: Yeah, we're really quite thrilled to be able to have this conversation on this day. This day has, um, strikes a lot of emotion in the uh, hearts and minds of all of the listeners and anybody who has any awareness of the date. And to be able to talk about how to particularly navigate the unexpected when it shows up in our lives, be it really negative and horrifying, or um, potentially even really positive and exciting. The unexpected causes a number of different things to happen for us, Um reactions to transitions, change, crisis, and our goal on this show is to bring forward the concepts of uh, how to have um, a sense of ease and balance and grace and skill when you're managing all of your commitments in the midst of it all.
1: Jamie? Jamie? I love what you're saying, Emily, because so often, and you know, of course the events that happened 11 years ago were so auspicious and negative, so often we think that we the unexpected is something negative, and I love that you added in that sometimes it's a series of positive things, um, and the ex- unexpected is simply that, something with which we didn't expect to happen, and suddenly we're thrown, and the first realization of that often comes in our body we have a really automatic response each of us has a unique response but most of us feel some sense of um, we like to call it a grab like somebody physically grabbed you and shook you Um, and the more we can start to identify with this physical sensation the more we can start to clue in because our body works so quickly that something unexpected has occurred and we have the ability to start to shift in that moment, to have grace and skill. So we're delighted. This is, you know, it, it takes a little bit of practice and once you learn it, it's really not that difficult. So we're delighted to be able to have this conversation together with with the listeners of Sylvia Global.
2: You know, when September happened, September 11th, it's it's really quite unbelievable that it has already been 11 years. You know, mm-hmm. that's um, the the first thing that popped into my mind as I was listening to the two of you uh, make reference to that was that no matter what our the crises are that we're faced with in life time still goes moves on and before we know it if we haven't addressed the the imbalances then 11 years later we can still be you know greatly out of balance and then at the same time if we start to take a look at it which is what the two of you offer us an opportunity to do to look at those imbalances and look at those unexpected curveballs in life, then it gives us time to start, you know, planting those seeds towards healing. And then 11 years later, we look back and we're absolutely in awe at the new fruits in our life that have come forward, you know, from circumstances that may have overwhelmed us 11 years prior.
3: Yeah, it's
0: so well said. And I think one of the reasons that um, I'm particularly passionate about this topic is because I had what Jay Hughes and uh, Susan Macenzio and um, Keith Whitaker have written a book where they talk about uh, the impact of um, really phenomenal events, gifts, significant inheritances, liquidity events, as being almost like meteoric in terms of how, they um, will impact a person's life in a way that their life will never be the same again. And my meteoric impact uh, event happened when I was 14, when my mother suddenly died of a cerebral hemorrhage. And so she was there one minute, healthy, cleaning the guest room, and the next minute she was in a coma, and 10 days later she was dead. And it, my life was never the same the moment that that aneurysm burst. No question about it completely that was my 9-11 and I think what you're speaking to um Gail Sylvia is what I've spent my life focusing on which is wow how do how do I make every day count how do I make it so that uh this person's life doesn't go without making a huge impact in a positive way in my life and in other people's lives because it was so short and yet it Gave me, you know, she gave me life. She had a huge influence on me, and I think that that's really uh, informed all of the passionate approach I have to the work that I do with clients. And you know, working with Jamie and coming on board with the whole phenomenon of how people are impacted so significantly, especially in the area of wealth, and there's no place to go around it. And I think that, you know, when you get hit by something where there's a lot of grief and sadness, there's a sense of no place to go. And when they're, you're hit by something really tremendous and exciting
2: and thrilling, sometimes there can be no place to go. What – What? How did, how did you handle that as a 14-year-old?
0: Oh, I – Nobody knew how to handle it. Everybody went into shock. I ended up burying myself in my schoolwork. And I became really an avid learner and very, very curious about um, first, like, science and how the body worked. And I just wanted to really understand how something like that could happen physiologically. And uh, that gave me a place to kind of channel my mind. And really cut myself off from the feeling. I and mean, you may you brought this forward for me when you said that about, wow, 11 years later, if we haven't dealt with it. You know, it wasn't until I graduated from college, so I was 22, so what is that, eight years later, that I um, really started to grieve. Uh, it was, I suddenly wasn't studying anymore, and I wasn't getting my head all in the intellect. And I... I uh, was working with emotionally disturbed teenagers in Boston and I suddenly went to this place of deep, deep grief and sadness and I sought out professional help. And I found a fabulous, fabulous um, counselor that understood about how to work with uh, grief, especially when it hadn't been dealt with at the time. And Jamie really spoke into something very important, which is if we can name and address and have awareness in the moment of what's happening in our bodies, in our minds, in our emotions. We have a lot more capacity to move with grace through transitions and through change, however shocking it might be, so it doesn't get locked in the system and doesn't get dealt with until much later on or ever.
2: You know, we're live right now, and so there are callers um, calling in and also texting in their messages. So I can see um, I'm trying to access you know, the calls and I can also see the text. So let me ask one of the questions of the two of you that is being texted over right now, and that is, um, how do you allow yourself to go inside and find your own happiness when you've experienced um, you know, such severe tragedies? Wow,
1: that's a, that's such a phenomenal question and um That is so much a part of what Emily and I are engaged in working with people on. So we're just delighted that that question came up. One of the opportunities when something like what happened to Emily or 9-11 happens that really just completely and forever changes our world in an instant, one of the opportunities is to try to see, What good can come out of it? You already heard Emily speak to that she's been really thinking consciously um, about how to make her mother's memory a blessing and how to use the gift of the time that she had with her mother towards something positive. So sometimes looking from that angle of how can I use this experience to Understand my own ability to be resilient, to heal, to turn, um, you know, what happened into information that, you know, maybe Emily wanted to, uh, after she did all of her research on the physiological causes of aneurysms, maybe she would want to then become a doctor so that, you know, some of the things, you know, she could do research in the future so this doesn't happen to other people but that we start to look at a path from what's happened in our past and then how to project it forward in a way that's positive and fulfilling. And then in the present to take steps towards that future vision. Oh,
0: well said, Jamie. And one thing that I would add uh in terms of that, is one of the useful tools that we wanted to bring forward um, on this uh, particular topic is um, something called The Work of Byron Cady. She's written a book called Loving What Is, and her website, thework.org, gives um, her very specific, simple, elegant tool for when life throws you an unexpected curveball that's quite tragic, quite Um, disconcerting, really upsetting, it shouldn't be this way, her work is uh, very helpful. And one of the first things that I work with uh, clients on and that we really bring forward in our work uh, to support people in moving effectively with what is present in their lives as opposed to being in a story about why it shouldn't be the way it is. Because when reality hits us, we can go into a big place of denial that can keep us very stuck and trapped and uh, confined and closes our possibilities in life. And we want to do whatever we can
1: to open up people's possibilities in life. And have a, yeah, as have an, an the example, bacallari. I would say Emily. Sorry. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hello, I, you're, you're I, on the air. Hi. Can you um, – you're on the air. Do you have a question? let's see if she comes on sometimes they oh. they have go ahead
3: okay um i wanted to first share that the point that she just made is very um i thought that's very good and what i've been kind of dealing with lately and trying to figure out in my own uh situation um, how to get past the stumbling block and when you feel like okay you know it's like I have a goal and there's things that I desire but trying to figure out well what's holding me back and I think listening to you right now it makes sense that if I don't let go of that notion that okay everything needs to be a certain way and when it doesn't getting upset and letting that hold me back to just let go of the uncertainties and um, just try to set a new plan from that point on. Because I was just yesterday sitting there thinking, okay, what is kind of, you know, either being that ball and chain that's keeping me from moving forward, um, if it was mental, if it was um, just looking at the physical circumstances of what – you know, unexpected things have placed me in. But I think listening to what you said, it it is very helpful to now know that it's, sometimes it could be just not letting go of the disappointment of things, not going according to plan A or plan B, but saying, okay, let me just go ahead and keep living life. You know, things are always going to happen that weren't foreseen, but trying to just enjoy the moment and still Set a course to get to where it is that I want to go.
1: So I just appreciate that uh, you've mentioned that. Thank well, you so thank you. much for, for the comment. I think what you just said about setting a course for where you want to go, um, we often use the analogy of sailing, and sometimes the wind shifts. You have a task that you're taking, and the wind shifts, and all of a sudden, like you said, if you stay in the disappointment of plan A, you're just going to be stuck sitting in the middle of the ocean. Um, and you can recognize it and acknowledge the disappointment or whatever emotion is there. And then, again, seek out with your sail, okay, where's the wind hitting now? And then you set another course. So sometimes the course is in a direct line as we, in fact, it almost never is a direct line. But it's a series of zigzags, keeping the goal in mind.
3: Yeah, that is a very good analogy.
0: Yeah, and we got to see that. I don't know if um, you were watching the the U.S. Open this weekend, but uh, the wind actually ended up calling a a match. I mean, it, the wind came up so unbelievably with weather in New York that the tennis players, these world-class tennis players, were playing their hearts out in the midst of extraordinary circumstances with that wind. And you would see how they'd have to shift their serves depending on whether the wind was behind them or, uh, you know, coming at them. So it's, it can be really helpful. to, You know, we can fight it. We can be angry about it. You know, really, we have to play in this? Or, okay, this is what life is bringing us. What do we do?
3: All right. And I guess that's a good um because you think of like, oh, tennis players they've been they've played for hours and they've been playing for years. But, you know, it really no matter how much experience you have, we all have to deal with the fact that you can't control everything. You can't control every element in your environment. So that is yeah. Okay. Well, well thank you. Certainly
2: not so much. I'm yeah thank you
3: yeah.
2: Okay. In, there's another question that's come in um- an, via text and let me let me if I was listening that was such a a helpful conversation um Oops, I lost it. You keep going, I'll put off my... Well, I,
0: I want to just also really acknowledge the, the a young woman who called in because um to have the level of awareness that you have is already 80% of yes. your victory. Like, yes. it's so astonishing to listen to you speaking about um, how you're able to observe life from that place of, oh, this is how it is. Because when we're in the thick of it, and our emotions grab hold of us, um, we can get really caught by um, that, that kind of that stuck paralysis you've been feeling. And it's very, very hard to uh, get ourselves out of that sometimes. And when Jamie was speaking about the body earlier, we find that that's the quickest and easiest way to get out of it. So if you're finding yourself really stuck, Um, really negatively impacted, even by positive, wonderful things. Like you get a huge check unexpectedly in the mail and you end up uh, misplacing it or not bringing it to the bank or not knowing what to do with it. It can be quite paralyzing. Uh, One of the things that we recommend is to just use your breath. Uh, Oftentimes when a shock happens, we will hold our breath. And uh, we really recommend making sure that you take really deep breaths all the way down to your toes and breathe out a number of times and use your breath to get present and remind yourself that you are not in danger, You are there's no imminent threat, and you actually have a lot of different capacity to move effectively with what's in front of you, with the breath, with, oh, okay, who do I know that really would help be a great person to bounce some things off of? oh, who do I know? And just keep taking deep breaths in and out as you're thinking, as you're allowing yourself to feel whatever emotions might come through and uh, allow the body to move. And that would be the other thing, is take your body out for a good walk if you're feeling very, very stressed and confined and not knowing what to do.
2: Well, you know, one of the books that you recommended that I've begun to read is you know, the architecture of, the architecture of life, yeah, and it, you know, it opens up with this, you know, the story where, you know, a man um, encounters a woman, and, you know, she has done something that has caused him to lean down into her face, like that of a little girl, and holler at her in a very mean tone, you know, who on earth do you think you are, and as she, you know, felt that response, and that the tone and the volume of his voice, you know, the message, actually, in his body language, you know, along with those harsh words, um, I guess words that were intended to be harsh, you know, there was this sense of both fear and confusion that ran through her. And in that moment, doing exactly what you described, just taking a deep breath, that she realized that you know, this is a very important question. I'll have to give this some thought when I'm alone. <laughs> so, and to be able to have that sense of groundedness that we can take a deep breath can actually cause the winds of our own experience and our own thinking to come to a place of calmness and be received differently and actually used to our advantage. You know, and I, I don't know, I just think that that, you know, that opening um, paragraph of that book was just, had such a profound effect on me and really set the tone for the rest of the book, you know.
0: Yes. Oh, it, I'm so glad you're reading it. It's, it. I just want to be clear, it's The Architecture of All Abundance
2: by yes, Lenedrick yes,
0: Carroll. Yes. And oh my gosh, Gail Sylvia, if we can get the metric on as a guest, that would be so exceptional. This is this book is by far the most dog eared book on my shelf and I just cannot recommend it more highly.
2: Okay. It's spoken
1: and I think what's wonderful about what you said, Gail Sylvia too, is that really and, and what Emily's pointing to is that When we don't take a breath, which is our automatic way sometime when we feel um, grabbed by something unexpected, then we're kind of like a machine. We're just acting automatically. We're not using our higher consciousness to really think through our ideas. And so taking a breath sort of stops that automatic process, allows us to be an observer of the situation, just like... You were saying, um, Leandra did, and she looked at the possibility. She thought, wow, there's things here I have to think about. And she was at choice then to to say what she needed to say next. It could have been, I'm going to need to think about that, or I don't like the way you're speaking to me. But it's not shooting from the hip. It allows us to really take a moment and be conscious of what kind of response we want to give. And it gives ourselves moment to do that Um, so you know it's a phenomenal tool even though it's such a simple thing and the trick there is that you have to remember when you get into that state to take that breath (laughs)
2: the trick is remembering yes
1: because so often we're in the middle of it and we're off and we're yelling back or we're being intimidated or whatever our reaction is um, and we forget, ah, this is an opportunity. That's where the real, I think, um, training comes in. And it's fine if you don't catch it in the moment, but you catch it later and you say, oh, I should have breathed there. Just anytime time you can start to train yourself, ah, this is the moment I need to breathe. And it's just like learning any kind of skill. You're going to get better and better at it with practice. Uh, but remembering when you're in the heat of something unexpected, be it good or bad, that ability to take a breath is really going to shift things tremendously.
2: Is it is it the equivalent of kind of tapping yourself on the shoulder, you know, and, and remind, you know reminding yourself to just pause? Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. you know, it's just uh, kind of like uh, – when light, when we're in the middle of the emotion, and we feel like the, you know, I, I think I'm looking at my kitchen cabinet, right? <laughs> so I'm thinking, gosh, if I open that top pantry door, and if I don't consciously go in there on a stool and organize that much better, then one of these moments when I probably least need it to happen, I'm going to open that top Door and all those cans and pasta and rice are gonna come falling out of my head <laughs> but yep. if I just in in a moment like this, when I'm calm and able to laugh at it, you know to just pause and look at it and say, You know that's potentially something that's not gonna produce an outcome that I desire. I think I should plan a time to just focus on reorganizing that it'll save me so much stress and tension in the future. And, I, and so as I'm listening and learning from the two of you and the caller this morning and looking at some of these other texts that are coming through, um, what I'm hearing you say is apply that same sense of consciousness to our life right now, beginning right now, and just by turning our attention to it and pausing and looking at at ourselves and asking that question is a step in that direction that will get us to a place where our behavior and our responses will change and our thought processes will also change. And thus the outcomes um, 11 years from now will be more desirable.
0: Well, said. absolutely. And I like how you said responses because it's the difference between being in reaction versus being able to respond. Yeah. That's really so powerful.
2: Well, we do have, uh, gosh, this happens to us ladies every time. We're we're running out of time and there's so much more to talk about. Can I share with you one last, um, I'll, I'll just pick one of these last texts that are on here, and I'm sorry, I'm not able to. I've been trying to get some of the other callers in on the line, and it's it's not coming through. So I'm going to go with this question: How do I begin to notice when my thoughts are arguing with my reality? Mm. You know, what do I, 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 I get? It, it, the, the it's the perfect thing to yeah when our when our thoughts you know with i guess i'm going to attempt to translate this or maybe apply how i'm understanding the question when we want to do better but our reality keeps saying oh no you know it's going to be hard for you to do better cuz this is what's real
0: well i can um offer a uh because we spoke about Byron Katie's work earlier, I think it would be a nice note to end on, which is um, meet your thinking with understanding. So when your thinking does not necessarily grok reality very well and keeps telling you it should be different than what it is, uh, a couple of things you can do is um, kind of get yourself to giggle by saying, well, how do I know it should be this way? Because it is. (laughs) it's like, okay, I want to go out and run in the park and have a great time with my kids, and it's raining. Well, how do I know it should be raining? Because it is, right? And then after that, then you look at your thinking around it. When I'm thinking that it shouldn't be this way, uh, what is it that I'm getting to experience? And then the best question you can ask yourself is, who would I be and how would I be different if I did not believe this was necessarily true and this is how it should be? And that can often open up new possibilities. And it's not saying that you shouldn't feel the way you're feeling or think the way you're thinking at all. It's truly just meeting your thinking with understanding and opening up new possibilities.
2: Can you repeat that for
0: us? Sure. You You meet your thinking with understanding and ask yourself, who would I be if I didn't believe this was true? If I didn't have that story and I was holding on to it as if it was true, how would my life be different? How wow. might I be
2: different? Yeah. Well, can you close with some helpful, useful tools and any additional inspiring invitations?
1: Sure. We'll start with an evocative question. Um, When you find yourself up against deadlines and commitments that are going to cause you to sacrifice your sleep and best practices for your health and well-being, what becomes more important, the promises made in the past or what's arising in the present? And our inspiring invitation is, Consider what it would be like to make a change midstream that might not be what you had initially intended or planned. So as the speaker said, your plan A. And communicating your needs from a place of authenticity and respect. And Emily, you want to speak into the useful tools?
0: Yeah, we've already shared a couple of books, Loving What Is by Byron Katie and The Architecture of All Abundance by Lenedra Carroll, who is the singer Jules mother. And then um, we also really support people uh, in terms of the kind of coaching that we do if they are feeling really stuck. Uh, like the caller that called in and just can't seem to get out of it and they feel really paralyzed and they want to make a really important decision, that's the sort of work we do with folks in terms of um, things like our Rich Life Portfolio or if it's a family issue and there's a really big um, family uh, bone of contention, especially around um, a decision that has to be made, um, we have family legacy retreats that can be very supportive as well.
2: What's the date of your upcoming retreat?
0: Oh, we do it on the schedule of the families that need to work with us, so it's great, mm-hmm. uh, uh focused on their needs. I think Jamie's doing one in uh, San
1: Francisco in November, November for a family. November, that's right. Wow. Yeah, at the beginning of November. But they're very tailored for each family.
2: Yeah.
1: Very well.
2: Wealth psychologists Dr. Jamie Traeger-Muni and Emily Bouchard here on Sylvia Global. Thank you so very much for being here today and on such a significant day to September 11th and helping us navigate the unexpected with grace and skill with key concepts around transitions, change, you know, crisis, balance, and commitment. Um, this broadcast can be heard on sylviaglobal.com radio. You go under the wealth segment. And then also on iTunes, we'd love to have you follow our wealth psychologists at Wealth Legacy Group as well. And you can follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and we'd appreciate having you subscribe to Sylvia Global. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank That's you, Gail Sylvia. Take care.
2: Absolutely wonderful. Just valuable information. And, again, the books, I just want to repeat this. Um, this information is on sylviaglobal.com as well. Loving What Is by Byron Katie and The Architecture of All Abundance by Leander Carroll. And then the Wealth Legacy Group's um, workshops, um, Rich Life Portfolio. Those are some helpful tools here. And we hope you have a wonderful day and enjoy your life. Thank you.